Hey, welcome back. It is uh, Beamer in for Bowerly. Two days only. It's a two-day sale. Uh, Bowerly will be back on Thursday. And then you'll have to follow my social media to see if I get on the road Friday <laughs> or not. Uh, talking about that with the snow on the way. And, hey, let's be honest. We'll be able to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, we'll be able to deal with the snow. Um, the thing is, just, you know, things will get canceled. So my question's for you at 803-0930, star 930, with this snow here. Um, you know, and again, throwing my personal issues into the topic with a uh, road trip coming up on Friday. Have you ever had a trip canceled because of snow, or have you gone through it? With snow and talk about getting stranded. A lot of stories coming up on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text form of driving through snowstorms, getting stranded, uh, even one where someone parks their car downtown and walked home to Grand Island. That's going to be a tough one to, uh, to top at 803 star 930. Snow day memories because it's the possibility there'll be a snow day uh, coming up here for uh, the kids of Western New York and a what if. And maybe you're the person who bought my tickets. I don't know. I sold them on Ticketmaster. Um, if you paid $500 to go to the Bills game on Sunday, would you still go regardless of the weather? Now, I'm going to tell you, I only pay $45 a ticket because I have season tickets. And regardless of the weather, I will go. Now, I remember the Colts game in 2017 uh, that we talked about earlier. I couldn't find anyone to go to that game with me. I went by myself to that game. Because I could not find another person that wanted to sit in the snow. Now, the way the Bills have been playing the last two weeks, maybe more people are saying, yeah, I'm not going to that game. Or, regardless, are you going? Is the snow not going to stop you? 8.03, Let's go to North Tonawanda and speak with Rick. Hey, Rick. Hey, um, I, I, first of all, I want to tell you about snow tires. I have uh, a truck with two-wheel drive, of uh, course, rear-wheel drive, and I, I got a set of snow tires, and I'll guarantee you, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, they, I felt like when I had the snow tires on, I could go through anything. I made it made a really big difference. All right, so a vote a vote for snow tires. Now let me ask you, Rick, did you get those snow tires on in time for this snowstorm? All uh, right. Well, yeah. All right. I, I learned that lesson. I learned that lesson. Uh, the story I wanted to tell you was during the October of uh, 2006 storm. I don't know if you remember back that far, but uh, we had that uh, real wet snow in uh, late October, and uh, it was like two feet of snow. And uh, that's the one that took down all the hardwood trees because uh, the leaves hadn't uh, come off the trees yet, and the, the uh, snow just stuck. It was cracking cracking trees all over western New York. Anyway, I was coming back from uh, working at the airport. Six o'clock, I decided to get on the throughway going south toward West Seneca from the airport. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, nobody's on the throughway here. I mean, I was, I think I saw between the airport and West Seneca, I might have seen four or five cars, which is really unbelievable. So I got up to about West Seneca where I was going to get off. And it, it was just closed. It was just stopped up. Uh, time of the drum. Nobody was going anywhere. And everybody that was on that road was just stopped. Because the snow was, uh, if you remember, uh, it was wet. Wet snow. And it was like slicker and slicker than anything underneath. 
So I stopped. It looked like we were going to be there a long time. So what the heck? I wasn't, that was only about a mile or two from my house. So I left my truck there on the throughway and uh, walked home, got off, uh, went home, got a, got a shovel, came back to my truck and started shoveling it out. And uh, some of the people that saw me there did, they realized that I was determined to get out of there. So they came actually and helped push me up, push me out. I got out in front of the, the line and went all, had to go all the way to Hamburg before I could get back off the throughway. And then I drove back to my house in South Buffalo on uh, Seneca Street. But uh, wow. one of the things I wanted to say is if you get in a snowstorm like that, do not go on the throughway because if you do, you're going to be stuck there. At least on the side road, you know, the, the uh, surface roads, you got a half of a chance to find a, a gas station or something. Now, but, uh, Rick, let me ask you, you, you left it on the throughway. Did you have any worries about leaving your truck on the throughway? No, there, there was no way anybody was going anywhere. I mean, I, it was just log jam there. I mean, there was nobody moving wow. anywhere. Everybody had sort of resigned, resigned themselves to uh, just getting out whenever the snow melted, I guess. <laughs> but I had to get home, so I, I was determined. Wow. And, uh, hey, Rick, yeah, so, that, that was, that, that's, uh, sounds like that was an exhausting experience, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got home. All right. Thanks, buddy. That is uh, Rick in North Tonawanda. I've, I'll, I'll say this, in, in snow conditions, and Josh brought it up, in, in really bad conditions, um, I, I, too, try to avoid the throughway. Um, not because of my driving. I think that I've learned my lesson going back to the 2009 story. Um, I think I've learned my lesson to be cautious and to take it slow in uh, conditions like this. But for every, you know, most of it, I would say, 99% of the people on the road are like me, cautious and everything. But there's the 1% of people that you know are trying to pass you on the shoulder when it's 15 degrees outside and snow's falling. Um, so I try to avoid that mainly because I don't want to be stuck, stuck number one, but I don't want to be in a position um, where there is just an immature driver um, that is driving you know, just out of their mind while there are slick spots all over the thruway. Uh, 803-0930, star 930. Dave is on a cell. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Doing well, Dave. Uh, I got one for you. That was We were in Allegheny County, opening week of deer season, and that's when the summer 2000 hit. And we were down there, and the only thing we had is rabbit ears, basically, TV, with Channel 4, and they're talking about a snowstorm in Buffalo, and we're looking at green grass in the town of Sile. We're like, what are you talking about? It was beautiful out here. And my wife worked downtown Buffalo, so I finally got a hold of her. It turns out that we, it was snowing like crap down here, and out there you could play golf. And so I decided to drive home because she was in a uh, – turns out she ended up in a soup kitchen down at Genesee or on Dolt Street near Genesee. So I drove – actually, coming down Route 19, I got behind a plow because it started to get bad down there. And I was just livid. I was just behind this plow. Well, let me tell you something. When I lost that plow and he went straight and I had to turn, I lost. Dave, we lost you. We lost Dave. Um, Dave, you're hit listening. Call back. But literally right before he uh, was going to hit the punchline, we uh, we lost him. So 
there's that. 803-0930, star 930. I'm not sure if I missed something there, but um, we lost the call. We lost the call, Josh. I, I don't know. Uh, 803-0930, star 930 is the number to get on, and we will get to your calls. But uh, I took a precautious move there, if you noticed, because I didn't real. I, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I don't know what happened. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, 803 star 930 is the number to get on. Talking about snow, your snowstorm stories, um, getting stranded. I mean, it's always, to me, it, it just seems like the most helpless situation, getting stranded, like what we saw in the blizzard of 2000, like you see video of people getting stranded on the thruway, right? I mean, as Rick said, you get stranded on a side street or something, Um I don't know. To me, that doesn't seem as hopeless. But if I'm on a major highway like the 33, like the 90, and I'm stuck with a bunch of cars or I'm stuck myself. See, for me, I, I would get concerned if it's, you know, night, stuck in snow, stranded in snow. And I have no, you know, I, I can't move my car. I am scared because I don't know what the next car is going to see my car. You know what I mean? Like, I, so for that, that's always been... Um, that, that's always been worrisome for me. Now, I have to admit, I used to, and probably should start again, driving with a snow shovel. I know a lot of people do that in, um, in the wintertime. It's not just have your snow brush, but have a snow shovel in case you get stuck. You know, right now I have my winter jacket in my trunk, but I don't have snow pants in my trunk. I don't have boots in my trunk, uh, and I don't have a shovel. I have a snow brush and a winter jacket. Probably before tomorrow, I should put those other things in the trunk and take the winter jacket out so I have a warm winter jacket to put on tomorrow. 803-0930, star 930, that's the number to get on. Uh, again, getting ready for this snowstorm that is heading our way. It's a lake event, uh, or as I've been told, a lake event targeted a lake event is targeted, and again, you look at this AccuWeather map um, that we have on our website, and you will see. If you're, if you're hearing my voice on the actual radio and not on the app, if you're listening to my voice on the radio, if you are in the, the vicinity of where you can get this signal, you're going to get at least a foot of snow. Western New York, we're going to get at least a foot of snow. Now, if you're in Erie County, north of the city, two to four feet, city south, four to six feet. If you're south of Erie County, one to two feet. So, again, something that we just need to be prepared for. And the good thing about Western New York is most of us know how to prepare. Most of us know how to be ready. And guess what? The snow will hit. We might have to cancel a few events, stay home for the weekend. But we'll be able to get through it. Uh, Josh, did that reset? Are we all the way back? We're all the way back. Let's go to Dee Dee in Buffalo. Dee Dee, thanks for calling in. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I remember, I think it was 2009, but if if um, a viewer can correct me if they want to. But um, I watched six men carry someone down Abbott Road to Mercy Hospital because they couldn't drive. Wow. Because the ambulance couldn't get through, nothing could get through. 
That's the Western New York. I'll tell you, uh, very positive. We're always there for each other. That that is amazing. Uh, that you know they took it into their own hands to make sure this person got to where they needed to go, which at the time was a hosp- was the hospital. Yes, I mean it was. It was probably um, it had to be probably three quarters of a mile. They had to walk in wow. the snow. It was you know it was over their knee at that time. Because they could not get a vehicle down the road. Wow. And they made sure the most important thing was, not the vehicles, was getting that person to the hospital. That's correct. God bless him. God bless him. Didi, thanks for the story. That's Didi in Buffalo. And again, as I say, you know, we can talk about how divided we are and, oh, my gosh, uh, the hatred and this and that. But when we need to come together and we you'll, you'll see it in – Moments like this in a snowstorm. Hey, this person needs to get to the hospital. Well, we're not going to let them not get to the hospital. We're going to carry them almost a mile to the hospital. You know, I I think we can talk about how divided we are all day, every day. But, you know, you you turn off your computer, you go outside, especially in snow events or when we're hit by a tragedy um, like we were in May. You see how the community comes together. And I think that's a very positive of Western New York, that we we are, you know, Philadelphia wants to talk about brotherly love. Um, we are the city, the region of good neighbors, and it's no clearer um, than in times of tragedy and in times of snow. You know, in times of being paralyzed by a snowstorm, and this person needs to get to the hospital. They need medical care ASAP. And um, six, six people take it into their own hands to make sure they get that person to the hospital. It's a... Uh, Beautiful story, DD. Really appreciate it. Opens the line for you at 803-0930. Star 930. We'll continue talking about snow, but I want to get into something else, and I want to start this off. I want to start this this off. When we come back, again, we'll continue taking your calls and texts about snow. But there is something going on tonight. David talked about it for a while. We'll talk about it for a little bit. But... Let's not, all I'm asking, when we come back from break, no name calling, no insults, all right, can we have a political discussion that is a civil discussion? Can we have a political discussion that doesn't go off the rails? Can we have disagreements and agreements and if there's a disagreement, we can still say, hey, I understand. I respect you for, for that, but I disagree. I hope so. I hope we can rise to the challenge of not getting into heated debate over the next segment. Because the next segment, we are going to talk. Again, we'll continue to take your snow calls because that is current and that's what's happening to us in Western New York. But we're going to get into the announcement that may or may not be made tonight at Mar-a-Lago, and that is former President Trump, who is going to most likely announce that he's running for president. Now, we talked about this a lot last week. I don't plan on spending the rest of the show on this, but I think spending an hour on it is is fine. I think that's... uh, necessary when a former president is going to make a major announcement you give it some time you give it some some coverage but again we're going to have disagreements and i just hope that we can have respectful disagreements 
I don't want to see every name, you know, in in the English language um, coming up on the on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Let's just have a respectful discussion, something that is so rare in American politics in 2022, but something I know we are capable of having. So when we come back, I'm going to give you my thoughts, which I did all last week, uh, but I'm, I'm more into knowing what, wanting to know what you are thinking. Again, I don't want to spend the rest of the show on this, maybe just an hour, uh, but when we come back, we will talk about former President Donald Trump and what his announcement will probably be tonight. And I will tell you what I think. I will probably repeat myself if you listen to uh, what I said last week. But again, respectful disagreement is fine. You know, uh, I talk about this all the time. I personally am in what you would call the center right. But I have a lot of friends who are on the center left or probably just on the left. You can take the center part out of it. And we are, you know, every now and then we have respectful disagreements. But in the years that I've been talking politics, um, you know what? We've been able to keep it a respectful disagreement. And so hopefully that's what we can do when we come back. We'll talk about Trump, Biden, DeSantis, maybe throw in some other names, Mike Pence. When we come back, it's Beamer in for Bowerly talking snow and politics on WBEN. Beamer in for Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, thank you for joining me as I try to I try to illustrate how thankful I am uh, for the audience out there today here on WBEN. Again, it's just a two-day special. Uh, Bowerly will be back on Thursday, and everything will be the way it's supposed to be on Thursday. So for uh, the few of you on the text board. Thursday, it'll be back the way it is. You just have to put up with me for um, six and a half more hours. All right? Uh, it is Beamer in for Bowerly. And again, we'll continue taking your um, your snow calls. We might even do a snow interview with a meteorologist in the 5 o'clock hour. Um, if our great uh, producer can set that up, we might uh, we might do that in the 5 o'clock hour, Josh. Uh <laughs> Now, uh, to politics, and again, I don't want to spend the rest of the show on this. I I don't want to. And here's the thing. We're all going to have our difference of opinion. And that's really, at the end of the day, all it is, a difference of opinion. And it's not something I want to keep harping on. Um, It's in. I I am so, I want to make sure I get this right and don't tick off too many people. I'm so sick of every time you say something negative of Trump. Oh, you've turned on him. You're a Trump basher. That's that's not it at all. Let me just be honest. I I think his time in politics is up. 
that if we're talking about the former president, his time in politics is up. He had a good run in 2016. Again, I look back at the four years he was in office, and I will always say this. I think his policies were some of the best we've seen, and the country was doing good. Yes, I'm not taking any of that away. I think if you look at Trump's policies, history will look very favorably on the Trump White House when it comes to what he did policy-wise for the country, the shape the country was in. I think, I think when you look at it from that aspect, you take all the chaos away and you look at it from the aspect of what got done, energy independence, strong military, booming economy, you look at those things and you go, yeah, he had, he had, he, history, if you take the chaos out of it, history will view this as a very positive presidency. And again, I went to the pres- I went to President Trump's inauguration. I went to m- multiple rallies. I voted for the guy twice. Voted for him in the primaries in 2015, 2016, sorry. But I think his time has come to an end as in politics. Um he he doesn't win. You know, I was told we were going to be so sick of winning. But since 2016, he hasn't really had that great of a record with winning. He lost in 2020. And candidates that he backed did not in, in important elections. And don't point to the you know don't point to the reddest of red districts and say, well, look, he won there. No, in competitive seats that should have been won by Republicans, Donald Trump did not win. When the country has a when seventy percent of the people say the country is going in the wrong direction, when the current president has a approval rating under 40% or at 40%, whatever poll you're looking at. There is no reason that Republicans should not be in control of the Senate. But why are Republicans in the control of the Senate? Weak candidates. I'm sorry, it's weak candidates. Look in Pennsylvania. I, think Do- I don't think Dr. Oz was that bad of a candidate. But the gubernatorial candidate in Pennsylvania was awful. He was awful. I mean, Dr. Oz did run a close campaign um, and almost beat John Fetterman. The Republican gubernatorial candidate in Pennsylvania, I mean, that that race was called almost immediately. Again, I think if there was a better gubernatorial candidate on the Republican side, Dr. Oz would be the senator from Pennsylvania. That I, I, I think there was a message trying to be sent, and instead of focusing on that message— You have 30% of the Republican Party that will never veer away from Trump, that it's Trump, 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 it's got to be Trump. Instead of looking at the message people were trying to send, do you think there's, do you not think there's a reason there's a Republican governor in New Hampshire, but Democrats won the Senate? Same in Nevada. Almost the the reverse in Pennsylvania. Same in, 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 well, we'll see in Georgia, there's a runoff election. Why did Herschel Walker not win? by as many points as Brian Kemp. Why is that going to a a runoff? Voters were trying to send the message, we're sick of the extremes on both sides of the aisle. Again, you can point to certain districts that are very blue or very red, and no matter who runs, you know, that party will win. But if you look at competitive, if you look state by state by state by state, 
voters were trying to say we're done with the extremes. We don't like the extreme left. We don't like the extreme right. Joe Manchin said it perfectly. Most of the country is center-right fiscally and center-left socially. That's most voters. That's most voters in America. And again, you can say, well, Joe, not most Republican voters. When you get to the general election, you are, you are trying to get independent voters. Independent voters in 2022 went more for Democrats nationally, and we're kind of 50-50 on local, on local races. Why is that? Again, they're try- the message was we are done with extremes in politics. Again, I believe that's why John Fetterman barely beat Dr. Oz. Because again, if, you, if John Fetterman was such a strong candidate, he would have won by as many as the, as the Democrat governor-elect in Pennsylvania. He didn't. Why? I think if you look at John Fetterman's policies, you would say John Fetterman might be to the extreme end of the, of the Democrat Party. I think he was helped by the gubernatorial candidate, but obviously you had some people that split their ballots. And I think this is time for a wake-up call for both parties. For both political parties in America that, you know, you have the Democrats, and, and I, will, I said this last week, to Democrats' credit, they made Joe Biden seem like a moderate candidate during the election. It worked. Everyone made fun of him being in his basement. Guess what? That campaign strategy worked. Can't make fun of it if it works. Look in Arizona. Their, uh, the Democrat gubernatorial candidate didn't want to debate. Now, I think that I think I, I think everyone should debate. She didn't want to debate. She won. So we can sit here and joke about, oh, they're staying in their basement. Not going if it works. It's it's somehow it's working. Now, why is that working? I will tell you why I think it's working. And I'd like to hear your thoughts at 8030930. I think it's working because you have candidates. And again, this in this election, it seemed to be on the left, but this could be in any other election. We're talking 2022 and 2020. Why did staying in the basement work? Why did not doing as many events work? Because the candidates that were going out and doing events every day, they would say some absurd things. Let's just say it. I watched um, a show on News Nation last night, and the Democrat, um, what do you call it, advisor or, or whatever was on the show, said the Democrats' best hope to get Joe Biden reelected is Donald Trump running. And they're right. Again, you can say all you want. Oh, but his policies, it worked. And yes, I don't disagree with you. I think the policies he enacted in the White House were what's right for the direction of this country. But guess what? In the general election, voters aren't looking at that. I know that sounds ridiculous, but with Trump, they're not looking at that. They're looking at the chaos. They're looking at Donald Trump going on True Social and talking about the lieutenant governor in, in Virginia, the governor of Virginia, Ron DeSantis, uh, the Senate candidate in Colorado. And you know what they're saying? Is this guy really about the conservative agenda or is this guy just about Donald Trump? Does this guy really care about the country or does he just care about Donald Trump? He obviously didn't care about Republicans getting, uh, getting control of the Senate because he actively campaigned 
on his true social against the Republican Senate candidate in Colorado. You want to talk about absurd? That's absurd. And then going after the lieutenant governor of Virginia and the governor of Virginia? Again, this is coming from someone who went to his inauguration, someone who went to numerous rallies, someone who really does appreciate the things that came out of that, uh, of that administration. When you look at policy, put the, chaos away, uh, uh, put the chaos aside and look at the policy that came out. Look at the, the, the shape the country was in before the pandemic. I can look at all that, but I can also say that those policies are what's working for Florida and that Ron DeSantis overall is a better candidate. I mean, he was asked about the Trump uh, insults today, and I thought the way he handled it illustrates why he is the better candidate. Illustrates why he could beat Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden if, if if Joe Biden wants to run again. Now, I'll tell you this. Donald Trump being the Republicans' nominee is the best news for Democrats. And if you're looking at 2022, the midterms that were supposed to be a red wave, and that wasn't just people on the right saying that. People on the left were saying that too. Oh, we got to prepare for a red wave, red wave, red tsunami. Ah. Well, it didn't happen. And if, if, you, if you don't think some of that's because of Donald Trump, then you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. Now, would I love to see Donald Trump as the president right now? Yes. Did I want Donald Trump to be reelected? Yes, he wasn't. Why? Because he turned off enough of the independent and moderate Democrats that got him in the White House in, in 2016. That's, those are just facts. Those are facts. And if you talk to people outside your echo chamber, you would realize Donald Trump does not connect to the voters you need to connect in, in the general election. And again, I'll go back to what I said last week. So if you want to own the libs for an election season, fine. Go put your support with Trump. He's not going to win. Donald Trump will not get a second term as president. But if you run someone else, someone who can get those points across, put that, that policy into legislation, there's no reason the Republicans don't win in 2024. You put Ron DeSantis up there, there's no reason he doesn't win in 2024. I'd even say that about Glenn Youngkin. I'd say that about New Hampshire's governor. If you put Donald Trump out there, they're just it's going to be the same thing you saw in 2022 in the midterms with the Trump candidates and the same thing you saw in 2020. Again, I wanted Donald Trump to be reelected in 2020. I did. I went to a rally a week before the election. But I also have, have talked to people who voted for him in 2016 and did not vote for him in 2020. I can't imagine they're going to change their mind four years later and vote for him again. It's not 2016. 2016's over. That election will never rehappen or happen again. Sorry. Hillary Clinton's not on the ballot. Donald Trump, for some reason, didn't get the memo in 2020. I don't think he'll get the memo in 2024. Hillary Clinton's not on the ballot. Stop running against Hillary Clinton. So my question to Republican voters out there, do you want to own the libs for two years in an election season, or do you actually want to win an election? Everyone talks about establishment Republicans. 
Oh, establishment. Hey, I, I, believe me, I'm against lifelong politicians. Now, I think there should be term limits on every faction of government. I really do. But guess what? You want to make fun? You want to talk about George Bush? Oh, he turned on Trump. Or, uh, George Bush knew how to win. I'll tell you that. George Bush never lost, didn't lose in a midterm until 2006. He won a second term. You know, these, quote, establishment Republicans did a pretty good job winning the midterms in 2010. But now all of a sudden, I I can't believe it's even a question. I really can't. You know, people want to point to whatever. People are going to make their assumptions. Um... And I don't know how I can say enough that, you know, I, in 2016, I was the first in my family to um, support Trump in the primaries, um, probably before a lot of you put their support by Trump. And like I said, I wanted him to win in 2020. He didn't win in 2020. And the candidates he backed in 2022 in competitive races didn't win. And that's just the truth. You can try to spin it any way you want. They didn't win. You know, Laura Ingram made a good point on her show yesterday. You know, everyone wants to talk about, oh, the ballot harvesting and this and that and the election. Well, like Laura Ingram said, early voting and and, and stuff that's legal in states. There are states where ballot harvesting is legal and where they have early voting. We're in one of those states. Well, maybe the Republicans need a better strategy to capitalize on early voting capitalize on ballot harvesting instead of, oh, well, the Democrats did this. Well, they're just better at it than you are. And again, there are states where ballot harvesting is legal. If you're not going to do anything to, to change it in government because you don't have the votes, well, then have a better game plan. You know, I mean, we go back to Trump. And again, I don't want to sit here and bash Trump for the next two hours, but I don't think what I'm saying is so naive. Donald Trump spent more money trying to get Brian Kemp, a Republican, by the way, beat in a primary. Brian Kemp, one of the actual better performing Republicans. Um, Donald Trump spent more money trying to get Brian Kemp out in a primary to a candidate that to a candidate that probably would have lost to Stacey Abrams. He spent more money in that primary than he did trying to get his candidate, Herschel Walker, elected in Senate. Tell me again how he's trying to look out for what's best for either the Republican Party or the country. 803 star 930. We'll get you on. Again, I'm all for a respectful disagreement. I, I just, I don't think winning is an option with Donald Trump in 2024. So it's either own the libs, oh, look at me, we're owning the libs, or actually try to win an election. Because the the Trump game plan worked in 2016, it hasn't worked again. And it's actually getting worse and worse and worse every election. 803-0930, star nine thirty. taking your calls after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.